This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. The players delivered the Panther Roberta Hellinger to the Law Corporation. But have they delivered them a monster? Or have they become monsters themselves, encaging an innocent woman? Several days later, um, several days is maybe too long. It's it's it is two or three days later. Period. Like that's like the most, and then they ask you to come to, um to come to such and such regional office. Um, since our game takes place in Florida, I'm imagining that um, the office you go to, they might, they might be in a situation where they have a lot of offices, but for maybe some of this stuff, that's more on the like kind of research front, biomedical, um, that kind of thing. A lot of that stuff goes on in like Jersey so would this make sense to you guys if they flew you out to New Jersey to do this company debrief? Or would it make more sense if there was something more localized in the South? I don't have any compelling reasons why it shouldn't be in either of those places. So let's, let's, let's go wild with it. Let's go to Jersey. All right, you're going to Jersey. Okay, so you guys are going to... You guys fly to Jersey. Um... Maybe you even fly to, uh, yeah, I'll say this is located like near Princeton University and like some Princeton grads even like work at this place and that kind of stuff. So it's in Southern New Jersey. You guys fly into Philadelphia, rent uh, like a company car picks you up and drives you just uh, like an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is into um, South New Jersey. I think it's even less than that. And um yeah, they, they pick you up in like a big town car. And um, they bring you in. It was a super early morning flight. So when you guys get there, it's essentially like 9 something, 10 something a.m., maybe 11. So it's like regular office hour uh, time. There is um, a three, four story, mostly glass building. Uh, the town car kind of drives up. The driver pre presents some kind of uh, credentials. The driver then pulls up a little bit, and there's kind of a fat security guard who um, like waves for you to like roll down the passenger window. And Mr. Welker has to like scan a badge, that kind of thing. And we said that they had retinal scanners for him to get that phone, so. Maybe this guy even will like uh, hold out this thing and Mr. Welker has to look at it, but it just looks like an iPad. It doesn't look like some kind of evil, crazy device. And he kind of just looks at it and the guy's like, oh, all right, Mr. Welker. And uh, who, who, who's, who's, who's joining you for this meeting? And I think this is, uh, it's just Mr. Welker and Ashton in this scene. This is my associate, Mr. Green. Introduce yourself, kid. Oh, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Green Kid. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Mr. Ashen Green Kid. Nope. Uh, sorry. Ashen Green is my name. Thanks. Huh. All right. Uh, hold on. And he types away. He kind of types something into the iPad. And he says, oh, we've got you down as we've got you down as a, a guest of Mr. Welker, but we still have to get some kind of ID. Do you have a driver's license or a uh, uh, some kind of ID? Oh, sure. Here you go. All right. And you, if you give him a driver's license or just like a state ID, um, is is it one of the like a government issued ID or is it like a library card or like a student? A, uh, UWCF student ID. Um, yeah, I guess it would be funny if it was just like a library card or something. Sure. Okay. So yeah, maybe you give him a student ID or a library card. Yeah. And the guy's like, Ugh. and uh, this kind of, I think serves to drive home the like security element of this to Ashton that this guy gets this thing and he looks at you and he's like, all right, hold on. Uh, and he has you like scooch forward so he can take a picture of you basically. And like mm-hmm. put your information into their system with an image that he, that he's now taking right now. Um, and he, He's like, yeah, I I'm real sorry. I was gonna get a haircut before I I could fix that. No, it's fine. Go ahead, go ahead and take it. And I think this guy is, um, and Mr. Welker can kind of tell like this is a the kind of guy who's maybe more on the outside of this uh this structure. This guy's kind of generally, uh, I think I'm using this term correctly, jocular and like kind of jokey. Yeah, jocular, and he's like get a haircut listen kid and he kind of rubs his like balding head and he's like enjoy it while you can all right hold on and he punches some stuff in and he talks on the phone for a second and he's like all right go on ahead uh have a great day enjoy yourselves guys and so yeah so you guys pull forward um and when you get up to like you kind of park in like a parking lot and, um, or no, you, you, there's a town car that picked you up. So never mind. You don't park. Uh, they let you out at like the front and, um, you guys go into this big building. There's kind of doormen that open the door and the people, at least the doormen are kind of wearing, they're dressed more like, um, players yeah they, they're wearing steampunk goggles and they have bleached tips that are real spiky now what what do you think would be better here i have two ideas one idea is that like the the shadiness of this is hidden very well and these people are dressed more like um like interns that are overly dressed up like hello i'm i'm a 20 year old woman in a in like a in a business suit and like, like a guy who's like, Oh, I'm wearing a suit that I got from my dad kind of a thing. Um, and like, they're opening the door for you kind of almost like they almost look like hotel concierges. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
or the other option would be that like once you've gotten in and you get to this place wherever you're going all of a sudden you start to see people who look like they're much more dressed like oh i work on the death star i think that once you're past the public facade it could be just like as nefarious looking as possible you think I mean, so? Like in tears, like the, the closer you get to the center, then you get to people like um, Mr. Bishop. Um, so maybe like different levels of increasing nefariosity. Okay, nefariosity. Okay, that's my that's my new album, by the way. It drops drops in a couple weeks. Um, okay, so yeah, so you get to the door, and um, oh yeah, they just look like hotel or. Um, business building security guards where they're wearing like a blazer but like they're clearly security guards and it's probably the same thing the guy at the front was wearing except since he's in a little booth rather than like an air-conditioned building he was maybe dressed a little more down these guys kind of seem a little more uptight um, maybe seem a little more fit and they open the doors for you kind of you go in and you go to a desk and after you sign in pretty shortly um, this woman who I've included on the Google sheet meets you. What's her name? Her name is Anna Cross. And she comes down and I think Mr. Welker, I think you've met her before, um, though in passing. And um, Ashton, I think from your perspective, she looks like a celebrity, but you can't decide which celebrity. If that makes sense, where you're like, oh, you look like a famous person. But it keeps the famous person you're thinking of, the famous actress you're thinking of, keeps changing. And I think that she's wearing a... Um... Let's just go with gray. She's wearing like a gray suit, but... And I don't know the term that you use for when it's a gray suit, but it has a uh, like a skirt to it. Anyway, she's wearing one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like this power suit, but with a skirt. Uh, she seems like she's young. She's maybe in her like early 30s at the latest. So for Ashton, she's definitely older. But um, to Mr. Welker, she's like kind of like a young woman. And um, she comes up and it says uh, like J.E. Cross. And then she has kind of a badge that has um, like a fairly high security clearance on it mm -hmm. um and she comes up and says like ah mr welker and she kind of shakes your hands we've worked on some of the same projects in the past it's good to finally put a face to the reports and she turns to ashton and you are Miss, mr ashton green ah yes mr green of course welcome and mr welker mr green is your my colleague, my associate, um, my talented team member. Excellent. We'll need to fill out some paperwork before we proceed in order to make your position with our company official, of course. If you'll follow me, we'll be continuing this meeting in conference room A. And so I think she kind of walks away from the front desk and she kind of nods to the person to like, instead of you guys having to sign in and do everything, basically like, hey, front guest, front desk guy, do all the paperwork for the fact that these guys showed up. And so, and I think, uh, good. Oh, especially after she was like, "Oh, we'll have to find you some kind of position or something." 
And Gashford is just like, mm, mm-hmm, yep, just like nodding nonchalantly. And then when she turns around, he's just like, like all smiles. He's like, oh, position, huh? Yeah, yeah. great. And I think she, uh, I think she'll kind of like walk you through this building. And um, there's a lot of like regular office building shit in here. So um, what are some of the regular office building e kind of things that we like walk by that's just like this is kind of a boring but fancy office building what's everybody just give me one thing we see water fountain so yeah so there are just straight up regular ass water fountains no i mean like not oh, like, like a, the kind next to a bathroom i mean the cool kind okay like so like a water feature manatees and stuff absolutely yeah so there's so there's like a cool water feature that has um like uh statues uh, that's like a little fancier got like squid like like cthulhu looking things but not in a creepy way okay i was i was Very again cool. i was saying regular regular office building so carl is tim burton office building it um yeah so everything has horizontal stripes no um yeah so there's there's a big water feature in the place that's kind of like the uh and as, as you're walking, maybe you have to go up some steps and you can kind of walk by and there's kind of a, I'm going to say like a food little cafeteria area where people can uh, buy lunches and that kind of stuff. And there's a, there's a water feature around it. One of the interesting things is there are a lot of different animals, like animal statues in this. Some of them do include like squids on rocks. That's a little bit interesting. What's some other, again, regular ass, though fancy, office building stuff? I'm thinking uh, it's theoretically March, right? So maybe it's like a celebrate Women's History Month wall. And they just have like Margaret Thatcher and Anne Rand and stuff, just like portraits of them. Sure. I don't think it's March anymore. But maybe those are like it still says Women's History Month, but it hasn't been taken down. That's very office like. Yeah. So if it is still March, perfectly appropriate. If it's not March, again within the confines of an office, it absolutely is. And one of the things that it has up is it talks about the founder of the Lore Corporation, um, who is Jessica Lore, and it has information about her. And she talks about like um, there's like a little thing that she says that says like you know. Um, I am where I am today because I'm standing on the shoulders of my foremothers. Yeah. So there's like an inspiring quote from her, like appreciating women's history. Mm. Thank God Darkblade's not here. And then finally Darkblade, what's another uh, boring but fancy office building thing that these guys see as they go through this? There's some abstract sculpture. Okay. Yeah. And then just uh, as you go past there's a lot of artwork in this place in general. And so like even uh, you pass that water feature and you're like walking to a um, kind of like a smaller office, um, kind of like a multi-purpose office and you pass by a lot of abstract sculpture and abstract art um, on the walls. And I'll say it's fancy in that a lot of the pieces are very big and you can tell that they are uh, they're not prints like these are original paintings or if they're sculptures, you can tell that like, oh, this was individually sculpted. It's not like a uh, 
like a mold thing that is like made in mass, like is like mass produced. Like this is individual artwork. So it's like, oh, this is very fancy. But at the same time, if you hadn't paused for a second, you wouldn't have noticed the difference. And is it suspicious? Like this looks like cult like or just like boring ass like nothing. Like here's um, smoke. I don't think it's particularly occult or that. I think one of the big things is it's very fancy. And um, are you are you trying to make a role to investigate this art? Is that is that <laughs> no, kind of your goal with what you're doing? I was, I was trying to see if it's just uh, superficially boring or actually boring, I guess. I was just wondering. As a, I don't know if there's a role for that, but if there is, sure. I mean, I don't Roll know if your it's top of my head. history. Um, but they, yeah, I think I think the thing about it is it's like the thing that you're noticing is there is a lot of money here. That um, that yeah, a lot of this stuff seems like almost hotel art at first, where it's just abstract. Some of it is maybe a little too avant-garde to have in a hotel. But as you guys kind of continue again, noticing that each of these pieces is individual is a little bit different than what you'd see in a hotel, even like nicer hotels where you'd think like, Oh, well, you're going to have to, you have 500 rooms in here. You can't have individual paintings in every room. This has like all of these across the wall. So you're brought into a kind of conference room. That's fairly small. And, um, you're sat down or uh, on a cross kind of like motions for you guys to just grab a seat. Would either of you care for a drink? Tea, perhaps? Uh, a tea would be great, Mrs. Cross. If you, Absolutely. If you so kind. Miss Cross, if you please. And you, Mr. Green? Oh, no, I'm fine. That's think so. Of course. And she'll uh, like press a button on, there's like a phone built into the table and she'll press a button and says like, say like, Yes, if you could send some tea to conference room A. Very good. Thank you, Linda. And you hear like, absolutely. And she closes, like clicks that off and is like, I hope your journey here wasn't too difficult. We, of course, don't expect you to head back tonight. Accommodations have been provided at the nearby hotel. I'm sure you're familiar with it, Mr. Welker. Oh, she opens a... Uh like one of those zipped up portfolios that a person might carry around. Mm -hmm. And she opens that up and um, she's like, before we proceed with our meeting, I'll ask that you sign this form, Mr. Green. And she slides it over to you. And Mr. Welker, you know what this is without looking at it mm -hmm. or like, like, you know, it's an NDA. So like it's a non-disclosure agreement and she slides it over to Ashton. And she says, As a junior regional project manager under the direct supervision of Mr. Welker, you will be given access to proprietary information held by the Lure Corporation. This form is merely to ensure that, in exchange for our support in your future endeavors, any information we provide remains between you and the company. I feel before she's uh, even stopped talking, he's like, well, here you go. Fully yeah. signed. Yeah, so you filled out the whole thing. And um, I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. Like, I think this lady came ready with this, um, where it is essentially like job application kind of stuff, as well as a non-disclosure disclosure agreement. So maybe Alex can tell me what would be required of that. I have no idea aside from just you signing all of the stuff, but basically, uh, 
they also have you put down like a social security number and an address and that the kind of stuff that you would normally put. So going forward, theoretically, Ashton is now on the payroll of the company. Whereas before, um, Mr. Welker had been paying Ashton some money as part of his expenses for the job of doing all of this stuff. So theoretically, Ashton is now an employee of the Lore Corporation, meaning that if you want going forward, theoretically, you can have access to that uh, the, dealing with the agency move um, if during an advancement you want to purchase that. I'll say they bring the tea while you're signing some of this stuff and she's basically outlining to you like why this is important and you've already signed all the paperwork and it almost maybe catches her a little off guard. The person who's bringing the tea like brings it to Mr. Welker and she says, Excellent. We may proceed with the meeting then. Copies will be provided to you before leaving today. And uh, she kind of gets up to move locations. And so she kind of gets up and goes to an elevator. And I think you guys kind of get on this elevator and go to another story where you go to a l different boardroom. And again, to Ashton, this might be either really awesome or kind of nonsensical that you had to switch locations like this. But another person comes in with another thing of there's already tea waiting for you guys when you get to this other boardroom. Now that's service. Yeah. And I think this is more kind of a um, it's nicer. It's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit nicer. And um, so there is another man there. He is a thin man. Um, he might be white. He might be Middle Eastern. He might be Hispanic. Uh, he has a shaved head and kind of a goatee, like a Van Dyke goatee. And he is played by Jackie Earl Haley, that actor. This man is is standing there, sitting there, and he's wearing a... Uh, I think he's wearing a black suit with a red tie. And uh, he is a person who has a lot of rings on. And so when you walk in, this guy kind of seems like a cartoon character. Where it's like, hello, I'm the cartoon devil. Gentlemen, I would like to introduce Mr. Merzad Pushanchi. He will be joining us today. Now that we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's, let's get down to business, shall we? Oh, no worries at all. Protocol must be followed, of course. Absolutely. We are very pleased with how the acquisition went to Mr. Welker. While your reports were quite thorough, we wanted to give you and Mr. Green the opportunity to make additions, or to emphasize any information you thought important regarding the recent acquisition. Well, uh, I know the, the report reflects this, but I'd like to reiterate that uh, every member of my team uh, acted with the highest integrity. Flashback to Darkblade blasting Roberta Hellinger in the back. And um, an ability, and I think that they deserve every commendation for this successful acquisition, um, including, of course, Mr. Green here. Uh, I'm happy to see that you've taken him on as a vote of confidence. He certainly deserves it. Um, and apart from that, uh, I, I think I, I would like to, I'd like to stress also that, um, the subject, uh, Mrs. Um, you're referring to Miss Hellinger, right? Miss Hellinger was, um, she did seem regretful, uh, of her actions and perhaps even unaware of the full extent of them. Uh, and I think it, it would, um. I think it deserves to be reiterated that she does not appear to be a conscious threat to anyone. 
And does Ashton pop in? Uh, no, I, I put it all in the report. I think, uh, yeah, everything's on the up and up. All right. So I've got some questions for you guys. And um, there, there are a few little questions. Did you bring up um, how badly Elise, how badly Sundry was injured? Yes. Okay. So you did bring that up. Did you bring up um, Dark Blades essentially just shooting Roberta Hellinger? Uh, I think it'd be pretty obvious where the bullets came from, but I would I would have framed it as like, oh, we were under attack. Okay. And Mr. Blade, while a very talented research researcher, um, has never been in, in mortal danger before, and okay. he thought that she was maybe readying a weapon or something like that. Ooh. Okay. So then, last thing, and I think this might actually require a roll. What did you tell them happened with Grant Cheddars? The guy who, for, for David, the guy who was uh, in love with Roberta Hellinger, who uh, you guys got in a gunfight with, essentially. Well, what do you think, uh, uh, David? Would we have had any reason to lie about what the situation was? And, and, and let me, let me do this other thing. Also, what did you tell the police happened with Grant Cheddar's? That's a good question. Cause I was trying to figure that out last session. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like just drop him off at the hospital. He would have his own motivations to not tell the truth. Like if he wanted to like protect Roberta. Right. I mean, that'd Ooh. be my guess. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of figured like I bear him no ill will necessarily. Except for you know, obviously shooting at Sundry, but I I think we just drop him off at the hospital. And be like, hey, don't die. But other than that, like, our our business is done. Like, you can't do anything to us. We can't. We don't want to do anything more to you. Okay. So to um to keep all of that smooth, what do you think that role would be? Do you think that would be more of a cool role to kind of get you out of this situation? Do you think it's more of a charm role because you had to specifically talk this through with him and probably talk this over with people at the hospital? I would suggest a cool role because it's like keeping your cool. Also, I feel like charm would sort of imply that we are trying to lie about something, and I don't think we are. Okay. Could one of you guys, whoever wants to, make that cool role for us. And so this is kind of like a custom thing. I'm not a hundred percent on how this goes. Hopefully you'll either fail it terribly or succeed completely. And I won't have to figure out anything in the middle. All right. Well, I have a, I am a pretty cool cat. So if we want a good success, let me, let me give this a try. I mean, uh, similarly, if somebody's like, I just need experience and I'm bad at this, maybe they can. That's fine. Me too. David, do you want to, do you got any preference on this? Yeah, go for it. Right, I got an 11. 11's pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you were able to do that. And Grant Cheddar's kind of like seemed to look at you and you haven't heard anything about that since then when you guys had to uh, give that police report with Sundry. There was uh, like a conversation about some confusion in regard to uh, like um hunting or something like that um hunting uh like animals that aren't supposed to be in this park and the cops uh 
uh, Detective Sloan Winters was kind of like, all right. Um, basically, like, you guys are still wasting more of my time with this shit. And now there's a, a guy in the hospital and a kid real badly in the hospital. And um, after he talked to him, though, and basically confirmed after, let me rephrase this, after Detective Sloan Winters spoke with Grant Cheddars and Grant Cheddars essentially confirmed the story. Sloan Winters was like, eh, and kind of moved past it. So, cool. So, this Mirzad Pushanchi guy, let's take a look at him for a second and figure out who this dude is, who is also in the room. And this is a guy um, that Chase Welker has possibly also seen around, though he's never known what he does for the company. He he says, like, like oh, hello. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, it's wonderful to hear that everything went so well i'm i'm glad you're able to to find i'm glad you're able to uh be an asset here to to the company there's a lot of great things that can be done a lot of big big things that can be found ashton could you roll sharp for me i got a nine got a nine okay um I think this guy is kind of staring at you. Like in this conversation, he's been looking at you the entire time. This is the Rorschach guy? Yes, this is the uh, Mirzad Pushanchi, the guy who I said somewhat looks like a cartoon devil. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, kind of nods, nods his head and says, but everything I've heard so far has been has been phenomenal. He says, like, Ashton, how long have you been working with Mr. Welker? Oh, well, just a couple months, I guess. Mm. And you wanted to work with him. Why? Oh, well, I, I saw that, that ad on um, Zip Recruiter that uh, he needed an assistant. And I mean, I'm a really good, diligent worker and as prepared to, especially for a company like um, Lorecore, who's world famous and he gives like this and this like internet fact about it. Mm-hmm. One of the top 500 companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it makes so much sense that you were able to find a job here, Ashton. Finding things after all is something that we can always use help with and finding things seems to be something you're good at. Oh yeah, I um, I do find things all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anna Cross pops back in and she says, "Yes, excellent work all around. We do, however, have a small request to make of you." Of course, of um, any instruction you have for me that can improve the team's performance, be welcome. As you know, the Lure Corporation is involved in many different projects: our charity work in Palmetto City, for instance, as well as our many municipal works. And she can bring up a project with um, basically like the local police department to have to supply them with additional like supplying them with additional things like all these extra things that the police department could utilize that basically like subsidizing some of their supply costs and she says we strive to maintain a positive image where the public is concerned to that point, we ask that, in your future acquisitions, you refrain from stating your involvement with the Lure Corporation to those not employed with us whenever possible. 
it will go a long way to maintaining the positive image we have cultivated, as well as to ensure your personal safety. Absolutely. This is uh, still a somewhat new line of work for us, as you know, so... For us all, Mr. Um, Welker. As you know, and Mr. Green will learn, our company is large. The fields in which we specialize are expansive. Keeping our name out of the spotlight during your assignments also goes a long way to ensuring the extremely beneficial research we do here stays out of our competitors' hands. I'm sure you understand. Of course. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem, I don't think. Do do either of you guys want to make any kind of role regarding this statement? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I. Yeah. Sharp. Go for it. Yeah, make it. Go ahead and make a sharp roll. We'll treat this like a read a. We can treat this like a either a read a bad situation, which is in this game, or a read a person situation, which is not in this game. Those are both sharp. Yes. Either way, it would be sharp. Yes. Uh, and eleven again. Eleven again. Pretty darn good. All right. So, what is the question you want to ask? Uh, the question, or I guess, questions. I want to ask is <clears throat> any dangers we haven't noticed? Hmm. Um. Any dangers you haven't noticed? Ooh, here's a big thing. Um, you can tell when she says, like, well, this is new to us. That that's not true. Mm -hmm. That, like, this is... Um, it's new to you. It's not new to the company. And I think she says something that slips up where she says something like teams, the fact that she says teams really is the thing that kind of clues you into this. And it's basically like, you can figure out, okay, one of the things to watch out for is that there are other teams that are doing the thing that I'm, that we're doing. That this isn't confined to Palmetto City, Florida. This isn't confined to you guys. There are other people doing this for this company. Makes sense. Okay. Um, the rest of these questions seem pretty context-specific, save for perhaps what's the biggest threat. Um, are there any of these that you, that you uh, are keen on? I'll, I'll say in regard to protecting the victims, one of the things that you brought up was Roberta Hellinger and how she, you were like, oh, she is in trouble. You could possibly ask them about Roberta Hellinger because after all, you did deliver her to them. Right. Okay. Sure. I'll just, I'll just ask straight out then. Be like, so, um, so what happens? To the subjects. What happens to Roberta now? Our goal is to assist Miss Hellinger in receiving whatever care she needs, as well as to better understand her condition. Is there anything you would like to add to that point, Mr. Green? As I said, we were quite impressed with how the acquisition went. We are certain that we will not only be able to assist Miss Hellinger, but we also believe any information we glean from doing so could be of great benefit in the future. Miss Hellinger is being attended to, and by our best people, I might add. Until we learn more, that will continue to be the case. If what she is suffering from turns out to be contagious, for instance. According to your own reports, she was responsible for quite a large amount of destruction. The murder of multiple people, the mutilation of animals, 
This isn't the sort of thing that would benefit anyone inside or outside of the company if it were to become public knowledge. What we are hoping to make public knowledge would be any medical or psychological advancements that would be gleaned from her unfortunate situation. And due to the sheer amount of trauma she has experienced, greater understanding of the human mind as well. The possibilities are quite exciting. Until we know more, she will be observed and treated for both her physical and mental ailments. This is truly a mutually beneficial situation for us and Miss Hellinger, as well as future patients afflicted with her current condition. Of course, and I know it's very important work. And uh, her parents are aware. We don't have to um, keep that a secret from them. I can assure you that Robert and Karen Hellinger have been contacted and are informed of our efforts to rehabilitate their daughter. And then she like looks through, looks at her notes for a second again and she says, uh, Now if that is all, gentlemen, I believe we have work to do. Thank you for coming in today and welcome to the company, Mr. Green. Okay. Meanwhile, Ashton, this uh, Jackie Earl Haley looking guy is just staring at you the whole time. I think our next scene is pre-date advice with all of the characters. So that looks like it means all three of you guys. So Chase Welker, Ashton Green, and Herbert Darkblade 69 Mock. So um, I think the deal is Darkblade that Addie had tried to set up a date, but she said that she had met like a young woman who might be interested in meeting a friend of yours and maybe she had given you this girl's contact information to pass on to Ashton. Mm -hmm. And so maybe Ashton and this girl had like briefly talked just so that this isn't the very first time they have encountered one another at all. Uh, maybe it's the first time they've encountered each other in person, but perhaps they've texted or sent emails back and forth to each other. But the idea is that you guys are going to be going on a date to, I think you said Olive Garden. Outback. Outback Steakhouse again? Well, it's kind of... I, well, I know Addie likes Outback, so I was going to say, it's Darkblade and Addie's place. Yeah, exactly. She likes that there's no rules. Mm -hmm. And Darkblade likes that it's just right. I like calling her a Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, That's she... not even her name. Oh, I, th I thought this was like a weird Australian joke. Okay. But the uh, All right. But yeah, so I think you guys are... Um, as a team, you had been doing something beforehand, maybe just talking about some possible leads. And, uh, the deal is you're, of course, you can be at the, uh, the pancake depot. Is that what we called it? Yes. Pancake junction or pancake depot. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you can be there kind of meeting and chatting, or you could be at somebody's house or you can be at, um, at like men's warehouse buying clothes or something like that. That might be kind of funny to be having some of these conversations in like a target as you're purchasing clothes or in a men's warehouse where the people are more directly involved in what you're doing. Men's warehouse would be my pick on uh, clothes yeah. stores for sure. Getting fitted. Okay. Getting fitted for a, uh, Oh God. What would you wear? Um, some kind of like a, trench coat three button tuxedo you know like 90s style what kind of hat are you gonna wear 
Oh yeah, definitely a, a nice bowler. Okay. Nice. Are you gonna have okay. Yeah. So uh, Darkblade is getting an outfit where he looks like uh, the Avengers meets the Matrix. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. And um, and the guy at the. But tonight we're not eating gruel. Mm -hmm. It tastes like chicken because it is chicken. It's barbecued chicken with outback sauce. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a the guy who's like, um, like finding another size for this uh, faux leather trench coat suit for uh, Darkblade, and he's like, "I never thought we'd sell this. Oh my god, uh, I'm gonna be a hero around here." Yeah, this thing's sick. But yeah, so I think that this is the opportunity for for you guys, Mister Welker, as the person who like wears. Uh, wears more formal clothing. Maybe this is an opportunity for Ashton to like get work clothes. The company maybe gave him a stipend for uh, for this stuff, and um, maybe like this conversation came up. And you guys can, if you want to tackle it and say like, "Oh, here's how this comes up," and go into it. That's fine. If not, and you just want to, we just want to get into the dating advice. That works. Let me reestablish it real quick. This is advice for Darkblade's date with Addy. This is a double date that Darkblade and Ashton are going on with Addy and yeah. this girl Regan, respectively. Who we have not seen. Who you guys have not met in person yet, okay. but we... Uh, but Ashton has at least like texted with her or emailed her, so it's not like he doesn't know anything about this person at all. Ashton, have you ever had a girlfriend before? Uh, ooh, okay, very direct. Um, I mean, I guess like a like a little bit. I don't know. It's it's kind of a up for debate sometimes. You know? Yeah, I've had a girlfriend for a while too. Me and Addie are really serious. Um, I just want to let you know, you know, it can be pretty scary. Um, but I'm here for you, bud. I I'm, I got your back, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really glad. Um, you know, we're gonna, I guess, do a like the the double date thing. That'll be, I think, pretty helpful. Yeah, she's gonna, you know, you play your cards right tonight. You know, she could be your future wife. So, it's um, not really any pressure or anything because it's. Um, you know, it just kind of comes naturally to some guys. And I, I can tell you've got it, Ashton. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Miss Green has a lot to offer. And don't sell yourself short either, Mr. Blade. Uh, a woman woman appreciates a fine mind, uh, a critical thinker. <laughs> choke on his Mountain Dew. He was slipping. It is <laughs> sipping on. Oh. I know a thing or two about women, Mr. Welker. I don't need uh, some dad advice. I'll say, uh, and like as you say this, you like look down at like this coat you're being fitted for, uh -huh. and you're, you're putting it on, and you keep flapping the collar up. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, yeah. Um, have you ever? When what date do you bring up? Um, how many children that she wants to have with you? <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I don't need to have like six children, but I definitely can't have just one child. Like, I just don't think that's 
Um, I, I just don't think that there's two of us. And if we only have one kid, that kid is going to get way too much attention. You know, I think that also when we die, we only have one kid who's taking care of us. And if that kid is a fuck up and he can't afford to take care of both of us, it's just a lot of stress on one kid. You know what I mean? So I just, I haven't talked to Addy about this yet. What do you think? You catch, uh, one of you catches the eyes of like a guy measuring Ashton's inseam and the guy's just like, uh, all right. And he leaves to go get you like pants. Yeah. And Ashton's just like, Oh, Oh, I haven't even thought about that. That, Oh, I didn't think I, I mean, I well, guess two, would be maybe six, I guess. I don't know. You know, my young friends, this is this kind. These are the sets of conversations that you can have in a loving context as the relationship develops over time. You know, maybe once you've met their parents and you've established that you fit in their family dynamic and everyone has similar values, um, that these are very important questions to ask. Maybe, How many kids you know, do you have? I have two. Um, two, two beautiful young children of which we are very proud. Huh, that's that's a little too few for me, but that's cool though. What are there? Do you? How old are they? Well, uh, thirteen and five. My oldest is uh, Tara. She's she's just become a teenager, and little Kyle is just still just toddling around. Well, um, they really change your life, you know, Mister Blade. You know, it's uh, it's a lot of responsibility though. So you know, you both. You shouldn't be worrying too much about such major issues on your first date, you know? This, you don't want to have all this anxiety going into it. Well, I can tell Addie's the kind of chick who's in it to win it, all right? So I'm just thinking, um, you know, it's pretty clear that she's just going to want to have, like, kids and a family probably within another year. And so I got to think about if we're both going to be happy like that. And you are looking forward to the, the the joys and tribulations of fatherhood. Oh, young. Um, <laughs> yes, um, bringing, siring a couple Padawans into this world, as you might say. Oh, did, wasn't she? Uh, didn't she have an ex-husband? Does she have? She have kids already? Does that count? Yeah, but they don't really, they need leader. They don't really have some like strong leadership. So, you know, I even, um, they could be, uh, you know, I I'm cool with that too. Um, you know, raising another man's kids. Um, because at the end of the day, it's really who gets called daddy. And I'm, and I think that, um, Becca and, and Steven, that they like calling me daddy so or they would like that i haven't talked to addy about that yet um you know it's only we have been dating for quite a while now but i uh i just don't know the next step to take well i would say that um this double date's an excellent next step you know you're meeting her friend you're bringing your own friend uh you know having mutual friends is a great part of a healthy long-lasting relationship wait do you think she's bringing her friend just to see if her friend thinks i'd be a good dad or do you think that the other friend you think that that's why it's a double date well i'm sure they must have heard good things about mr green from you uh i assume that's why uh 
why he was uh, contacted. No, I, I think that this is more about... All right, Ashton, you can't fuck this up for me. All right. I think there's another there's another customer who is like looking at ties and is just overhearing this and like, what am I hearing? Uh, but sp speaking of speaking of all of that, um, should we get into like how this date was set up in this scene or should we wait to the next scene on the actual date to bring up how the date was set up? Wait till the well, next scene, I feel like, because we're sort of like, well, Addie told me that she, you know, this is a good friend of hers. And so I'm sure that her friend's opinion means a lot to her, Ashton. So, I mean, I know you're a quality guy and that's why I recommended you. Um, but just understand that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't normally do this unless I really um, trusted somebody to make a good impression. I know you will. I know you're going to, you're going to really, um, you know, that's why I reached out to you. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I really appreciate that. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to go really well. I, I'm not definitely not going to fuck it up. I don't think, but he's looking more and more worried as it's <laughs> a tailoring session goes on. She like thinks what we do is really cool, by the way. I mean, I would definitely talk about that a lot because Addie always asks me questions about work. Within and... the confines of Little Cora's own needs, of course, Mr. Green. Yeah. And, and um, but she love you know, it's just, you know, you know, just women like a, prof they like a professional and, um, you know, that's why I didn't, you know, just invite one of my, my Warhammer buddies. Um, yeah, I guess Lurkor did say not to tell people about it while we're on a case, but I mean, we're not on a case. And I mean, this is probably my future wife anyway, so they'd yeah. probably be okay with it. Well, bear in mind that uh, professionalism doesn't leave, doesn't uh, stop at the office door, Mr. Green. Um, recall that Certain papers were signed. Uh, and in a way, uh, you know, Lurkor is sort of your wife now, too. I certainly think of it as mine. It's, oh, yeah. a, it's a lifelong bond. As a guy's as a guy's like, now we talking pleats or no pleats? As he comes out with pants. Oh, yeah, a lot of pleats, I think. That's very professional. And he's like, all right. Mat a mature, distinguished look. Do you have those pants in honeycomb? I really was looking for a honeycomb pattern my pants. And it, and the guy who was earlier like, I can't believe it. And he's like, Dave, you're never going to believe what I'm moving <laughs> today. Yeah. So we open up on an Outback Steakhouse in a strip mall in Palmetto City, Florida. Um, there's a bunch of cars parked outside. There's people there waiting around. And we see a family of... Uh, we see a family of five... Like a fat mom and a fat dad and uh, two fat kids and then one kid who's in like a baby carrier looking thing that the dad is carrying. And the mom's like, it's buzzing. And so they're going to go sit down because they, they got a heads up that their table is ready. It's a Friday night and this Outback is bumping because there's no rules and it's just right. Uh, the smell of blooming onions wafts through the air. The shrimp are on the Barbie. And we go, we zoom over to a booth 
on one side of the table are Addy Zems, um, who we already know is the 40-something uh, year old animal control expert and zoologist. And she, I think, is wearing a... Um, it's probably like April now, March or April, and it's in Florida, so... Uh, but it's a restaurant, and so she's wearing a um, she's wearing like a, a a sweater. So from what we can see of her, she's just wearing a sweater, like she's wearing a cardigan. And um, then next to her is a young white woman in her very early twenties or very late teens. So she is at the youngest nineteen, at the oldest twenty one at the very oldest 21. Um, she has dark hair that had been, I think we can see it now. The ends of it are dreaded and um, the top of it kind of looks poofy. She's wearing like a green and yellow kind of wrap thing that she has around her. And underneath that, I think she's wearing like a, uh, like a, like a cool denim shirt. In this TV show that we're watching, did we get the rights to uh, Outback Steakhouse, or is this some ridiculous knockoff? Um, I hope for promotional purposes. Yeah, they got the rights to Outback Steakhouse, so it's like a, like, so no one says anything negative about Outback Steakhouse at any point in this scene. <laughs> gotcha. That's one of the rules. Listen, there's no rules at Outback. On this show, there are rules. So Outback Steakhouse is busy, but it's not so busy that there's people waiting a really long time. And everybody's just like, like whenever a waiter brings food to a table, they're like, yeah, people are very excited to get their food. And every waiter is very good looking. And um, did he just get excited. Alice Springs chicken over there? Whoa. But yeah, so I think the the waitress brings you um, the the blooming onion for the table, and um, Addie has like a margarita that she's drinking. Yeah, I wink at Ashton. See, who <laughs> you're sitting next to? <laughs> yeah. Can I say if wink I while, I, while I do it? How's that margarita, Addie? She's like, it's pretty good. I uh, I always like when they put the uh, they put the salt on the on the rim of the glass. And I like that they don't serve it in a, uh, if you ask them, they'll give it to you in a different kind of cup than they normally give it to everybody. I ask them to put it in uh, kind of one of these big mugs for like a beer mug. So it's really a double, but anyhow, they give it to you with a straw, but I don't use the straw. And so she's drinking, I feel a giant, like a beer stein of margaritas. Yeah, you're or so margarita. smart, You think of everything. I'm going for a kiss. And like you're across a table, yeah. And I, I think she like, uh, I think she gives you a peck. Yeah. And while I'm over there, let me get one of these delicious blooming onions. And, oh, I gotta <laughs> try some of that sauce too. It's way too much these sauce. Like... <laughs> these blooming onions are amazing. They're especially good today. The sauce makes it even better. And I think Regan says, I like that they're not too spicy, but they've got a kick. Oh, it certainly does. Mayonnaise is a spice to me. Wait, can we get some more of the Bloomin' Onion Dip? 
And I think, and I think the a waiter looks at you and goes, "You've got it." Anyway, all right. I think whereas um, Addy had the, I don't know, utilitarian margarita. I think mm-hmm. um, Ashton has like this uh, ridiculous, like giant margarita glass with like a kangaroo statue like hanging on the side. It's like, like it's a, yeah. umbrella and stuff. It's a new thing where it's a kangaroo who sits on the end of your glass and he's got a lime in his pouch or her pouch mm-hmm. that you can s- squeeze. Um, oh, is this honey butter? <laughs> okay. Darkblade uh, has half of the roll in his hand that he is now spreading with butter, with an nice. obnoxious amount of butter. And wow, if there's one thing I like more than the bloomed onions, it's those rolls. <laughs> Um, a guy from Al Qaeda burst in and bursts in and says, "Only I would hate uh, Outback Steakhouse." And and then the police arrest him. Um, yeah. So the implication is, if you don't like Outback, you're in Al Qaeda. Uh, but yeah. So okay, we got that part out of the way. So um, when you uh, when Herbert kind of gives a little smooch to Addy, I think Addy says like. Well, yeah, I try to be smart, but I mean, that's why that was one of the things that impressed me about Regan here is that she was asking all kinds of questions and it was about some of the stuff that y'all had been asking. And I I figured to kind of send her on your way and you're you're writing for the for the what what for the magazine and uh, Regan says, like, you know, it's the paper. You know, it's the the UWCF. I was writing for for their paper, but they didn't want to publish some of the stuff that I put out there. They said it was too soon, given what happened to uh, Brett and Chad. Well, that's cool, Regan. Are you in college? Elbowing Ashton, like, and she says, "Yeah, I go to I go to Harvard." Which is obviously sarcastic, given that she just said she writes for the UWCF newspaper. And she's like, yeah, they're going to make me a, I'm going to be on their football team. You're Eddie. You obviously attract a lot of smart friends. Yeah, I just, uh, I went by uh, Princeton last week with my, uh, my boss, it was pretty cool. We went to Six Flags afterward. <laughs> Dark Blade's nodding like, good job, keep going. Yeah. Well, look, Did you- I'm sure Addy has told you that um, we're just a bunch of crazy dudes. Um, uh, and we have no rules, except this is all off the record. Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, I learned that from my professor. He's the dancing guy from the Six Flags commercials. Addy never told me she knew celebrities. That's crazy. But you guys said that you... Addy was telling me that you guys were looking for panthers or mountain lions. And I think Ashen like uh, does the uh, sideways glance at Darkblade. She's like, "Oh yeah, it was, it was something like that." 
it was a uh, just real important business stuff that we did. It was a uh, oh boy, that was a that was a really hard um, business thing that we did. Yeah, I think especially that- looking stepping over. We'll take a bigger sip and then take a what's puff he, off of a vape pen. Hold on, what's he, what's he drinking? Uh, he's drinking, he's drinking um, that blue drink. It's a bright blue drink. And um, he's got his vape pen and he's just whipped like out. A bowl of it. A bowl, yeah. Yeah, it definitely comes in a bowl. Yeah, this sounds out, back. Yeah, this Outback sells like uh, drinks in a fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have my my normal go-to. I mean, it's the one thing we'll say about Outback is they don't have any of those cereal milk drinks that I like to get. But uh, look, <coughs> um, it's not every day that you <coughs> step over the bodies of young kids full of so much potential and i think she um i think she two-handed um takes a drink and again i don't think we know what her age is Hmm. so maybe she's too young to be uh, maybe she's too young to be drinking but she has a um yeah she also has like a margarita just kind of like a standard margarita thing. And she kind of grips it in two hands and takes like a big gulp of it. And then kind of does like a, and says, um, it's about protecting the kids. It's just about protecting them. It's got to protect the kids. She just kind of, she says that could have been Maui and me. And to be clear, she did not say Marley and me, like the movie about the dog. She said Maui and me, like the Hawaiian island slash the rocks character in Moana. Oh, who's Maui? She's like, <sighs> Maui's, and she gives it kind of like a, eh, Maui's kind of a guy, a guy I know. We were. No, yeah, she takes like a big sip from his straw of this thing. Yeah. And uh, makes the noise. And um, maybe he looks to the waiter. Another one, please. Um, and she's like, she's like, we were camping at the at that park out near Dreefield, and uh, yeah, we saw something crazy. It was nuts. That's why I that's why I contacted Addy because I I wanted to know about it. Well, especially after those stories about what happened to Chad and and Brett. At the college when they were, you know, killed by something. Yeah, it's really lucky because I doubt Maui. <laughs> if, uh, I doubt Maui could uh, protect you from any kind of creatures that are capable of what uh, were panthers are capable of. Now, I happen to know a guy who where just like. A were panther? Now I have know a guy who would take real good care of you and protect you from were panthers, um, from mandrakes, from and she red said, pools of psychic blood that control the government. Woman drakes. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think she uh, I think she kind of jumps in and is like, like, 
did look like a panther. It was, but it was way, it was way bigger. That's what I, that's what I described. And Addy's like, like, yeah, that's what, that's what you described. And that's what they were asking me about. And she, I think, is kind of blowing up the spot on this situation. These two are kind of blowing up the spot on this situation. And she's like, she's like, we saw, we saw something crazy at that campsite. If that uh, park ranger hadn't showed up and seemed to frighten it, then I don't know. We don't, we, we could have ended up just like Brett or Chad. I hear a girl's, somebody said a girl's gone missing. Well, I can't really tell you anything else about that other than you don't have to worry about a were-panther anymore. And then I'll like fist bump Ashton. Like the idea of uh, uh, Dark or Herbert putting his fist across the tape or putting his fist next to him for Ashton to fist bump him and Ashton like trepidatiously doing that. It's like, oh, can you hand me one of those um, award-winning honey rolls, please? <laughs> Waiter, we need more of your award-winning honey butter rolls. Is this pumpernickel? Oh, God, I don't even normally like pumpernickel, but I love these. Oh, this stuff? It's our special bread, and I'll get you another loaf. Oh, God, I hope it's as warm as the last one was. It was just perfectly warm. <laughs> the butter just spread in it so easily. We see in the back a guy just rubbing it on his balls to warm it up. I'm like, yeah, stupid piece of shit. I'll give you a warm loaf. Um... No, that doesn't oh, happen. Just no, we just warm brown oh, no. Sorry, the Applebee's people contacted me. I've been compromised. Yeah. Um, Ash is looking more and more nervous because in his mind he's like, oh, I'm not supposed to talk about this. So he's just like um, continually keeping his mouth full. And anyone ever looks at him, he like takes another piece of bread or something. Well, if you really want to know more about this, girls, like, got a website answer all your questions all right that's oh you know but really shouldn't be talking anything about this on night when um on such a momentous occasion where we're celebrating ashton and your first date together as a couple and she's like and ashton starts like choking on this uh, yeah thing swallows it like yeah, are you you have to chug down this margarita and the quart gl- sized glass of water that you uh that you have? I think Addy says something like like you know there like there are a whole lot of species out there that never been uh never been cataloged. They find new species every day, but usually it's something like a new kind of beetle or a new weird little fish or a kind of caterpillar that's a little bit different than another kind of caterpillar and honestly, it ain't leaps and bounds. It's usually just little well, like little caterpillar steps. Oh, this is the, uh, I don't know, the opportunity that Ashton's like, yeah, uh-huh. There are so many new species. I mean, um, and that's kind of what we work at at Lorecore, right? Darkblade, like just catalog- cataloging new species, just finding them out. And, you know, just, I think they're going to, you know, they're put great. them in kind of registry and it's just uh-huh. for, the, for all of nature. We're very official. Mm-hmm. All so, official. Yeah, we're not sure what that was, but it was a very big, dangerous creature. But we are kind of sure. But we don't. We're not sure. All right. 
So, um, I want to go around the table here, the fictive table of Addie, Regan, Ashton, and uh, Herbert. And what is one question that your character wants to ask somebody? And we can talk about how we figure it out. Uh, it's a question for Addie. I'm definitely going to ask her um, how many more kids she's willing to have. Mm -hmm. and, um, I think Addie will, when you ask her how many more kids she's willing to have, she's already like, like I already had, I already had two kids when I was. Um, she's like I had one one of them when I was a kid, and I had another one when I was like twenty three. Not exactly interested in having another kid unless you want to have a ball of fingers on your hands. Dark blades, like, well, oh, I can give you a ball of fingers. And she, and she, I think, um, laughs at that and kind of like snorts and snorts in some of the, <laughs> snorts some of the, some of the margarita. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she kind of is laughing and is like, ball, ball fingers. Ball fingers. <laughs> All right, Ashton, what do you think? Is this an in character question or, uh, we pick this up as we go you, longer? Um, I think. It could be either way. Okay, yeah, I think because I don't think he would ask this directly, but he wants to know if um, he can trust this lady's name, who is Regan, to not get him in trouble. I guess, or can can he depend on her not to get him in trouble with Lorcor? Okay, I'm going to answer this in a longer way and give you some of her motivations. Um, which I think is part of the purpose of this. From her perspective, she saw something that she didn't think was real, and it kind of shocked her out of this. Um, maybe you kind of hear about some of her story. Like, uh, she started going to UWCF fairly recently. Like I said, she's 19, 20, or 21. Um, it's maybe her second or third year, um, which I guess it, it's not that recently then, but anyway, so, uh, she kind of, for the last couple years has been in this very like hippie situation. Um, she's now working on getting the dreadlocks out of her hair that she's had for, um, a little under a year. And, uh, she was dating this guy Maui and the two of them went on this camping trip and, uh, they saw something that, um, Maui thinks they were just high, but that she is convinced she really, really saw. And based on the reaction of the park ranger, she's convinced that she saw. And when she went into the newspaper and actually read about what had been happening with the deaths of Brett Salome and Chad uh, Barker or Baker, I forget exactly, but the deaths of Brett and Chad, the deal was she at that point was like, oh, I did see something and I think it was the thing that killed them. I want to know more about this and contacted Addie. So can you trust her not to contact Lorcor? She, Lor, the Lore Corporation isn't so much on her radar at the moment because she wants to find out about this thing. Um, particularly if you can help her with this and don't give her any reason to further look into the lore corporation she definitely wouldn't care like she wants to know what she saw 
this thing that was from her perspective almost a near-death experience um where she was narrowly saved by a monster not narrowly saved by a monster narrowly saved from a monster and um, a monster which had apparently killed two people and there's a girl who's missing so the war corporation is not exactly her number one priority even remotely um but she is she's interested in finding out about this and now that she's talked to Addie, and Addie can Addie told her like oh there's other people who are interested in these kind of unknown creatures that's what kind of made Addie connect you guys Gotcha. Carl, I'm going to throw you into this scene for a second. Hit me. What is a question that um, either Regan or Addie has for either of these guys or the other woman at the table? I mean, I I was thinking, like, if um, Regan could just ask why Dark Blade is dressed like that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I suppose um, Addie could sort of press... Um, green further and be like are you going to be dealing with more strange creatures in the future and if so I'd like to know about it yeah okay so maybe um, maybe Regan turns to Darkblade and says to Herbert like you know when I when I came in here I thought that I was I was going to have to meet up with Morpheus but it seems like you took all the red pills for me <laughs> What's the? <laughs> okay, you're right. I put that more as a I put that more as a burn than a question. So then Addie says uh, to Ashton and kind of Herbert, like, so are are you guys going to be out there looking for more weird animals, more weird creatures, that kind of thing? Am I? Should I expect you guys on the on the horn every every uh, couple weeks, asking me about some kind of crocodile that can fit in an envelope or something? Um, and he kind of looks at Ashing kind of looks at Darkblade in the back and just like, well, yeah, I guess um, that's sort of our, I guess it might be our department. So we, if you, I mean, if you're available. I'm, you seem very knowledgeable. I mean, of course, with uh, you know, with Darkblade here too. Um, like, are you course, a Republican would... or a Democrat? Oh no! <laughs> I just like puts his head in his hand. You know, I'm just not really familiar with the politics of the of the campus newspaper. Oh, you're asking Regan that? Yeah. Because we're kind of more like um, uh, just a little more speaking truth to power. Like, you know, I just don't know. It's a big burden uh, to, to carry. And I don't know, uh, young Regan, if you're ready for that kind of a commitment. You know, there's going to be a lot. Once you start covering the truth, I have my, my share of flamers. You know, I've got, I've got people who, who flame me on Twitter, on, on Reddit, um, so, you know, if you Google and you look really hard, you might you find some of that. And so if you start, you know, not everybody's wants the wool pulled off their eyes. So that's what, that's why we have uh, Wikipedia only for those who are ready. Yeah. And 
she'll say like, oh, well, I guess you don't want to invest in my knitted wool eye shades, but all right, fine. It's just like a sarcastic response. Oh, can Regan ask Green how many kids he wants to have? Yeah, I guess. And I guess you don't want to probably use any of the knitted wool condoms I've made. I mean, depending on how many kids you want to have, Herbert. I'm sorry, Darkblade. Oh, my day will come. I'll, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I don't ever want to be on Mari, but, um, you know, a lot of families seem to. I, but I, I, I'd be happy if I uh, brought a little, couple gremlins in this world. I think she turns to Ashton and just says, like, and he looks at Addy and winks at Addy too. Yeah. And I think he, yeah, Addy, 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 Addy winks and says, just don't, just don't feed him after midnight. And Regan looks at Ashton and goes, I think my parents mentioned that movie at some point. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, as they're, uh, as we're maybe leaving, he's like, um, hey, Regan, uh, if you do need, um, I don't know, maybe kind of an anonymous source or anything, like you can definitely call me or text me or, email um but yeah like that those things in that forest were definitely real like we had to see them too and they were i mean real scary and i'm glad that you know you got you got out of there safe and um yeah I'm, and just know that you know me and mr wilker and dark i mean herbert are uh working really hard to make sure that you know palmetto city is, is safe from those kind of weird things and then he kind of leans in and i think he's about to kiss her but then he chickens out the last minute and just like hugs her awkwardly mm -hmm. and it's like okay but goodbye okay so i had a question that she could maybe ask ashton if they were having like like sharing a moment of like somewhat intimacy or do you think that that is a good ending there? I don't know. Go for it. I think the question she was going to ask you was like when she like writes down your, I think she already has your email probably or your, your. Yeah. Uh, and he just awkwardly gives it to her again. Okay. And she, she was like, I have this already. Yeah. And I think she maybe like goes to write down like to, and she maybe shows you uh Wikipedia, and she's like, this is your friend's website. Uh, yeah. It's actually pretty good and she now that she's like on her phone she's like i know i saw i like i know i saw something out there that girl who's missing the one who was suspected and she like looks through her phone and she says roberta hellinger the one who was wanted as like a person of interest which isn't the same as a suspect i just learned is she connected to this I mean, still off the record then. And she said, they won't print the stuff. They won't print the stuff that I'm putting out there because they say it's too soon. And what I'm saying is too wild. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know all the details, but 
I know she needed a lot of help and and she's we're making sure she gets the help that she needs. And I think she kind of like looks at you like nods and uh, she gives you another hug. <laughs> Maybe gives you kind of that awkward like side of the face kiss that you're like, you're like, is that an ill-placed kiss? Are you from Europe and you only did it on one cheek? Am I your Mima? What's the deal? And that's kind of how that ends where it's like, there's so many questions. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode includes Street Life, Silent Film by Lobo Loco. Additional voices for this episode include Kate Hoffman as Anna Cross and Alex Ernest as Jessica Lohr. And I remember also <laughs> when I was a vegetarian being like, well, Bloomin' Onions are vegetarian. I'll eat a whole Bloomin' Onion by myself. Oof. Meanwhile... Oh. Now my cholesterol looks like blooming onion sauce. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say like what if instead Addie's ex-husband showed up and I was gonna be like Carl, now you're Addie's ex-husband. <laughs> you're like, oh hello. He's, he's already drunk off of outback uh yeah, exactly. cocktails, fishbowl cocktails. <laughs> Sir, obviously you've shown up drunk from another restaurant as we don't er overserve. We're responsible here at Outback. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely if is leaving or going back to Darkblade's car or something, he's got like a whole bag of leftovers. Like he comments like, Wow, Darkblade, I can't believe I'm so full, but there's still so much leftovers. This will feed us for two or three days. Can't believe it. I can't believe they agreed to give us I asked for a pumper nickel roll after eight three there, and they include one in my doggy bag. That's service. I can't believe they have the best service and the best food. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I expect you to be so much more expensive because the quality <laughs> of service. I mean, how and, did, and, and they're like, also happy to work there. And you still have yeah, like ten dollars left on your Groupons. The yeah, is that the restaurant? Mm -hmm. And ten dollars on your tampons. If there's one thing better than the food and the service. It was the decor. It was so exciting. Yeah, I like the boomerangs. <laughs> I was like, I know he's going to say boomerang. 